Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. everyone wherever you are tuning in from i hope you are having a blessed day and thank you so much for joining i'm your host cassandra perkins on behind the mask where we come out from behind the mask that we want to be perceived as in life and that is either the perfect family that you have the perfect life the perfect job we're going to come out from behind that mask and talk about real topics and really get into the the behind the mask and come out and talk about these things that we all go through we all go through difficulties in our life and we're here today to share positivity and really share enlightenment of how you can get over your difficulties in life and more specifically today how you get through transition in your life because transition is such a difficult thing to have to go through change in general is very difficult to not be in your comfort zone to not really know what's going to happen with your life can be very very scary and to maybe try to soften the blow a little bit and learn how to cope with it would be such an amazing thing which is why I'm so blessed to have my wonderful guest today here in studio kevin mcnulty kevin welcome thank oh, you so much for joining listen the pleasure is completely mine absolutely it's terrific to be with you cassie <laughs> awesome thank you let me tell you a little bit about kevin and who he is before we really start jumping into uh, his background and really how he discovered his passion for helping other people he is a speaker an author an executive coach kevin mcnulty is known for his uncanny uncanny ability to engage in meaningful conversations an ability that was cultivated over five decades ago through his learning and work experiences. Over his 20-year Air Force career and 15 years working in the private sector, Kevin's talents for connecting community and communicating were fine-tuned from leading initiatives in leadership, cross-culture communication, conflict resolution, and personal dis- development. As a speaker, coach, and facilitator, Kevin motivates others to create conversations that matter and transform personal lives in professional careers and workplace dynamics. And I am so excited Excited to be able to pick at your brain a little wow. bit today. <laughs> I'm stuck on the five decades part. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's all you heard you just the, that's the rest all I heard. Really, been five. <laughs> <laughs> that's great well i'm so again i want to thank you so much for for joining me here today and, and joining us in studio so really here you are talking about your passion and here you are discovering your passion which is such an amazing thing in life to discover but really i want to know from you where this passion for helping people and, and communicating and helping people with their life's journey really came into place for yourself where where did that happen for you you know i have to say that it has been a true evolution throughout my entire life hmm. that growing up first of all as a military brat you never really got sort of linked into a lifestyle i mean you would be somewhere and then two or three years later you uproot and go somewhere else and i'm not talking about across town i mean i'm talking about to different countries and so you you know, I guess I learned. I was, a, you know, I was a singer. My dad was, was Special Forces Army, but he was also a musician and a brilliant, brilliant singer. I kid you not, he could have been at the top of any list. Hmm. And so, I my first passion was, in fact, to be a singer or a, or a movie star or something like this. And that's all I dreamed about growing up in in my life. And then. When I graduated high school, I moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky, where my father was then teaching uh, military science or ROTC. 
And Bowling Green, Kentucky is only, you know, less than an hour from Nashville. And I thought I'm going to move to Bowling Green because he'd already moved there. And I stayed behind in North Carolina to uh, finish, to graduate. And I said, well, I'll move to Bowling Green and, you know, get to Nashville and become a superstar. And so, and this, and I think this is part of what I discovered. Uh, maybe that was the difficult part of the challenging part of being a, a military brat that there was just a lot of stuff I didn't know. So I get to Bowling Green, and by the way, I'd started writing songs at like 14. Hmm. And I'd written, I don't even know how many at this point. So we moved, I moved to Bowling Green, and quickly, and I do mean quickly, realized I did not have what it takes. I mean, you know, you can be an idealistic young person at 18 or 19 and just think that you can take on the world, but it was so obvious. <laughs> that I was light years behind where I needed to be to do that, that, you know, I, I struggled with that. And I ended up in a, I wouldn't say a dark place, but boy, I just wandered from that point on. I was like, I have no idea what to do with my life now because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any mentors. Again, that's part of the challenge of, of, of constant change and transition is you don't get into some kind of a flow where you can build mentors and, and understand ideas about life and work. You just, you're moving around all the time. So you're picking up and leaving. So in any event, I just got to a point where, you know, I don't know if my, how he, he said this, but my dad was basically trying to encourage me to go into the army and he was in the army and I was a teenager and didn't like my parents. So I joined the air force and figured that would <laughs> I could kill two birds with one stone, piss off my dad, and find a career at the same time. So I joined the Air Force. And in the Air Force is when I really started discovering my passion. So two things happened. One, I really got into the world of environmental support. So I was working in water plants and waste plants, believe it or not, in the Air Force. But then I started trying out for this group called Tops and Blue. And it's an entertainment group within the Air Force. In fact, uh, it's been going on since like 1954. It's, it's, it takes too long to describe it, but it's like a big Disney show that travels around, you know, doing shows for the troops in, you know, all sorts of places around the world. So I, I tried out for that for a few years. I finally made it and I became a guitar player inside the group. And that's a great story, but it's too long to tell. But the whole idea is, is that, so I hit, I went on the road and I, being sort of a night owl, when we would finish our shows, I would go back to the hotel room and watch infomercials. And that's when I saw Tony Robbins. <laughs> and that got my attention. And I just watched him, and I just listened, and I just thought personal development. You know, I got to know Dr. Wayne Dyer and started li listening to others like you know, Norman Vincent Peale, all the rest, all of them. Zig Ziglar, of course. And I just thought, wow, there's something about this that is spiritual for me. And I really felt that at the time. It just, I would be watching this at two or three in the morning, just getting lit up mm. by helping, by, by these things, these concepts, these ideas of how you grow personally. and The motivation. The motivation part yeah. of it all. And so after I finished touring with Tops and Blue for a few years, I then went into an organization that was it, the, the, the name of it was called Social Actions, and what we did was a, a variety of things, but dealt with people skills and primarily human relations education. So this is where I became an advisor 
and a trainer inside the Air Force helping commanders with people problems. A lot of diversity stuff, race relations, you know, all sorts, just human relations in general. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I suppose you, Cassie, uh, in, in your business can see where that starts to go. Yeah. That my personal passion of personal development and motivation now I'm in the realm of human relations, teaching people how to get along and conflict management and, and advising commanders. And I went to this incredible school called the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. It's down in Cocoa Beach. It, you're there for like 16 weeks hmm. studying, you know, how to be a consultant, basically, and a coach and an advisor and a trainer. But you also spend half of that time. Now, this is an in-resident course, so we're spending 8 to 10 hours every day, Monday through Saturday, dealing with these sorts of issues, learning. It's kind of a college setting, but half the day you spend in a small group wow. with like six or seven people, and they're basically tearing you apart about your issues, hmm. you know, how you see the world and all these other sorts of things. So I graduated from there and then went into the business. And then the last, you know, and then I took a small diversion from my career in, in, in human relations education. I went into the embassy system. So we were stationed at the U.S. Embassy in Israel for three years, which – you just, I mean, it's just amazing. And then the last five years at Travis Air Force Base, and I got involved with the Covey Leadership Center, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of High Effective People, Principal-Centered Leadership. And I was one of the just the absolutely lucky people because of the work that I was in to start helping, you know, our command in the Air Force integrate Seven Habits, Principal-Centered Leadership into the Air Force. So, I mean, it's all coming together, and by the time 2000 hit, I was just ready to rip and roar. Wow. And so 2000, we moved from California to Tennessee, and um, we had two young daughters. My wife was, she was a, a veteran as well of 10 years, and she had gotten out and started a piano instruction business, music instruction. So we moved to Tennessee and started building our businesses, and it's just, you know, evolved from from consulting, training, coaching, speaking, writing, and just, you know, here I am. It's, it's uh, listen, you know, it's not been a cakewalk. I mean, right. it's hard to do. But. So do you feel that this has come into your life because of your own personal experiences and your own personal learning um, and even the difficulties you had to go through with yourself and your life? There's no question about it, you know, and there is, by the way, a God component that yeah. that threads this whole thing. And I can't even say that I didn't notice it at the time. You know, my faith has kind of come and go, gone, you know, and been all over the place. It's why I'm working on my new keynote. God bless my shaky faith. Um, <laughs> but but it but now in retrospect, I mean, the you know, and I'm not one of these people to just make things up to make it fit. You can just see the thread all the way through my life, leading to where I'm sitting right now. And so, yeah, it just all started to come together, and I realized that my work in helping people, if you will, in personal development, in change and transition, even in leadership and all these sorts of things. And I do a lot of work in the soft skills industry, you know, all the sorts, but I'm, I'm usually in a certain lane, though, and the lane is almost always personal development and human relations. That's always the thread that runs through. So even if I'm going to talk to folks about leadership, it's always about how you connect with people, how you look at yourself, you know, and, and by the way, look at yourself first. Yeah. 
because there's the old adage, you know, who are you as a person and therefore who are you as a leader? And so that runs through the thread of all of that. But then when you look back on, when I look back on my life and all the changing and the transitions and the difficulties, my mother passed away when I was 16. I mean, you just start to put all these things together. It's, you know, it just doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, where I'm at and why I'm here. Wow. Frankly. Well, to have those experiences behind you, uh, although we feel that once we're going through these things, and I know myself going through my depression, it's very difficult when when you are in these hard times yes. in your life to notice it and, and take action with these things because, frankly, they catch you off guard and you're not prepared for them. You don't know how to cope with it. And especially if you don't have the support or, or like you, you were constantly traveling and didn't have that person you could latch on to, to have that mentorship. And, right. and and sadly, kids are, are, are staying in one place and they don't get that today. People are staying in one place and they don't get that today. So to be able to set yourself up so when that does happen, because we all go through obstacles in our life, we are all going to yes. hit bumps in our life. When we do hit these things, we can say, okay, here I am. I, t I prepared for this in my head how do I get through this moment in my life so we do have to take a break but when we return I want to talk to you a little bit more about that and what are some of the transitions we can go through in our life stay tuned we'll be right back with Kevin McNulty at break of day in hope we rise we speak your name we lift our eyes Tune our hearts into your beat Where we walk, there you'll be With fire in our eyes, a life's a light Your love untamed, it's blazing out The streets will glow, forever bright Your glory's breaking through the Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins. This is Deputy John Arnold with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Did you know that over 1,006,000 car accidents are caused from texting and driving each year? Also, you have a 23% greater chance of being involved in a motor vehicle accident while texting and driving. If you get a text, it can wait. Pull over to a safe location. Nothing is that important. Don't, Don't drive, drive while, while intoxicated. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And this is Linda Newell, Colorado State Senator. Colorado ranks seventh in the nation for suicide. And in Colorado, suicide is the second cause of death for youth ages 10 through 24. If you are considering or have thoughts of suicide, don't be afraid to reach out. In a world where you might feel alone, please know there is always someone there to listen. No judgments, confidential. Call the National Suicide Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Hello, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And Scott Glazer, executive director for NAMI Colorado. 250,000 plus people suffer from mental illnesses right here in Colorado. These illnesses include depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, and others. If you think you may be suffering from these conditions, know that you are not alone. You can find resources and help at namicolorado.org and nami.org to find screening tools and ideas for how to work with a mental illness. That's how you change the world. 
everyone i am joined here in studio with kevin mcnulty welcome back thanks so much for for being here and joining us i appreciate you such a pleasure awesome truly is before the break we were talking a little bit about kevin and his background and how really he discovered his passion for helping people and and helping them discover their true potential and he had to do the the same thing with himself after losing uh you know you're going through your teenage years and you think you're gonna do uh you know play music and music runs in your family and then sadly there's this change where everything is changed for you and you don't know exactly what path you're going down and you had to rediscover yourself in a sense correct yes you know and I would even say that throughout my life and careers that there's been sort of a almost a constant I guess you could say evolving as I'd mentioned earlier but just you know there is a somewhat of a constant reinvention of yourself if you assume that you're going somewhere right you see one of the things that I learned and and maybe it wasn't in the cards for me again this is where I, I guess I, I thread God through this thing is that you know he understood where I was going I didn't understand that but had I understood that and if I were coaching other people I would say you know you have to begin at some point to crystallize that understanding of where you're going in life because if you don't you're making all of these decisions about your life but to what end I mean if you decide to go and get a master's degree I would assume you know why you're doing that right well you know, as you're just wandering, if you will, or working your way through life, the same applies. And I didn't know any of this growing up. Uh, why should I? I mean, I, it's not like everybody else knew it. But the point is, is that you, uh, and, and maybe this is the, the idea of having, you know, uh, of having a mentor, somebody who can point out those sorts of things that can say, listen, you know, where are you going? Right. <laughs> and... Um, and so, yeah, it was a constant reinvention, an evolvement, you know. But as many others would say, I there's not much I would change. Right, right. You know? And I think we have to keep that in the back of our head and mm-hmm. remind us ourselves of that a lot. And, and, and because when we do go through these things, it is difficult to say that, or it is easy to say, I should say, to, yes. to say, I wish things were different. I wish things weren't this way. Mm-hmm. But as, as I look back in my life, I wouldn't change a thing because it, it, I wouldn't be sitting here today if the things in my life haven't happened and I had to discover myself in a different way. Now, I have your book sitting in front of me, and it's so incredible. It's called The Gap Between Two Worlds, Turning Difficult Life Transitions into Personal Growth experiences. And I love that title because when we are faced with with struggles, it is difficult to flip that around and make it a positive or make it a positive for ourselves. So let's talk about that and really get into that. What are some of the transitions that we could potentially face in our life? I mean, there's a lot of them. (laughs) You know, there are so many that literally when people either, you know, know that I've written a book or come across it and we cross, cross paths, 
well, this happens more when maybe I'm just on an airplane and I don't know, you know, we strike up a conversation and somehow the book comes up and people will go, you know, oh, my God, I'm going through one right now. I hear that almost mm-hmm. in every conversation, whether it's a divorce, whether it's empty nesting, whether it's changing careers, whether it's changing positions in, you know, in a job there there's you know there's just that long list and you're you know you're going through them now and you have been you know i mean even in a short span of time which by the way one of my thoughts about moving forward in in my world of speaking in in personal professional development i'm working on a program right now called accelerate life life skills for for you know for teenagers young adults and so forth because it just dawned on me in my work you know, people are almost always in their 30s before they get in understanding some of these things. Right. But when you think about it, young people go through these tremendous, you know, pivot points in life before they get to 30. And then they get to 30 and they and, and you always hear it. Oh, I wish I'd have known this 10 years ago. Right, right, right. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, let's do this 10 right, years right, early, early, you know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and to face these transitions and, and to really face them head on is is so so incredible yes. for us to do as human beings because again, it is very difficult when you're feeling lost to mm-hmm. to and, and you see this dark place and you and you don't know exactly what it is and it's changed and to run straight into the dark is very scary and you don't very know scary. you don't know exactly how to do it. So at the top of your book it says this. You wouldn't go on a journey without a roadmap. Why would you choose to navigate difficult life transitions without Kevin McNulty's new book? What is that roadmap for our life? Well, and I have to mention that is by one of my real-time mentors, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who, who put that quote on there and really one of the top thinkers and executive coaches in the world. And to hear him quote that means an awful lot because he's the person who understands this so much. You know, the roadmap is this. Uh, on the one hand, you could say there is no roadmap. And I'll tell you why. Because as I say in the book, what precedes the change in transition has a lot to do with how you do in the transition. So if, if, um, if you have no self-awareness going into the transition, you're going to struggle. Right. That's the bottom line. Right. Yet again, now, look, de- depending on how you look at it and depending on your own coping mechanisms and all these other sorts of things, as, as one would hope in a major life transition, you know, that's the turning place in life. Yeah. You see, what's important about the gap, as we refer to it, is, l- let me back up a second. Here's the number one thing that I try to tell people who are going through major life transitions, and that is, do not panic, freak out, and just flee the gap. Mm-hmm. Because as the title, the subtitle suggests that it's a place for tremendous growth. I can tell you with my own transition, and this is, by the way, a person who had experienced transition over and over. When I got out of the Air Force, my first year, things just unraveled. They did not go the way that I expected them. And as I mentioned in my book, I hit a very, very, in fact, it was the, the, you know, the catalyst for this book. I went into a very serious depression. I mean, a depression like you're flat on your back won't move and then bulging discs and I became physically ill and one exacerbated the other you know and this went on for a few months Hmm. 
once I say, you know, a good God and a really good wife <laughs> who pushed me out of the house and really just it, it, it more than encouraged me to start journaling about it, which is where that started, I started realizing that my whole paradigm was completely off. I'm saying things like, God, why are you doing this to me? Right. And what I realized later as I begun to come out of my depression and began to journal and think about it, and I realized the question was completely off base. It really should have been, God, what are you asking of me? Right. What, what, right. what do I right. need to know here? And once I started to understand that basic premise about how I talk to myself, how I think, how I perceive what's going on around me, everything changed. That's when it started changing. That's when I say, you know, when you leave the old world, let's say for me it was, you know, 20 years in the military and 20 years as a military brat, you know, I left that world that had a lot of structure, a lot of identity. Right. I was at the top of my game when I got out of the Air Force. Suddenly I'm, I'm heading to a new world that I thought it was clear, but it wasn't. But the point is, is that, you know, I went into this foggy zone. Right. You know, and it started getting darker and darker, and that's where people freak out. Right. And what is the foggy zone? Fear, anxiety, disorientation, uh, you know, lacking, perceived lacking of support, just complete chaos for some. Well, so I you, think being able yeah. to really realize mm -hmm. that and realize that that's what that is, is what can make the difference because if you have if you like you said if you go into this completely unaware of anything then you're going to struggle walking through the dark but if you truly understand and try to it is difficult still it's it's not going to be a walk in the park it, when you start to understand and and really realize these things it becomes easier now i want my listeners to be able to Nailed find it. you thank you thank you <laughs> i'm serious now i want my listeners to be able to find you and find more about you and get your book where can we get in contact with you that's so so kind of you. <laughs> so you can go to kevinmcnultyspeaks.com. That's where you can find me, and my book is on Amazon. And, of course, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and all the rest. <laughs> all the rest of the social media, yeah, right? you can go to all the rest. You probably won't. You'll find me, but you won't hear from me. So just stick to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. And also, um, Kevin has a, a, his book is so amazing, and he truly does talk more in depth about what this transition is and how you go through it. So be sure to go to his website and check it out. And also, you can find me on social media as well. Be sure to look me up on Facebook, Cassandra Perkins, and add me on there. And if you want to find out more about Kevin Nolte, my other guests, as well as myself, go to CassandraPerkinsRadio.com. We'll be right back. I am a barren land, and it's all I can do to stand. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Father, reach out your hand. 
Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Justin Kruger, the founder of Project Helping. Now, Justin, I think we can all agree that when we volunteer, it does great things for the community. But what are the benefits for the volunteer? Our mission is to use the joy of purpose that's created by volunteering to improve mental wellness. We create very engaging, social, and easy-to-join volunteer projects to leverage those health benefits. Great. Where can we find more information and get involved? You can visit projecthelping.org, and right on the homepage, there's a Get Involved button. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Jimmy Graham, Director of Active Shooter Response Training Center. Between 2000 and 2013, an average of 11.4 active shooter incidents occurred annually. And according to the FBI, active shooter incidents are on the rise, and the majority of them occur in the workplace. Tell us a little bit about your background, Jimmy. I spent a little over 15 years in the U.S. Navy SEAL teams as an operating instructor, and then I also uh, worked for the federal government training protective officers and deploying overseas. And now what are you doing to help educate and prepare others? At ASRTC, we're training individuals in the workplace to protect themselves and those in their care. I love your motto. Would you mind sharing with my listeners what it is? Not at all. We have a motto of faith, not fear, and perception, not paranoia. To learn more, contact us at asrtrainingcenter.com. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Mara with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at thinkpods, that's P-O-Z dot org, thinkpods dot org. I'm joined here in studio with Kevin McNulty. He has been talking to us over the past half hour about his life and truly where he developed the passion for helping other people and and, and really realizing their true potential in themselves. And uh, that's such an amazing thing to do. And let me read a little something that he included when he sent me his bio. And I think it's so perfect. Uh, During a recent birthday, Kevin posted a rather rhetorical question to his wife on Facebook. And here's how she responded. Kevin asked, where did the time go? Well, let me just give you a little snippet. You've served our country honorably for 20 years. You've lived in 49 states in over 25 countries. You've written a book, gotten an advanced degree. You've improved thousands of lives with your, with your speaking and coaching, built two amazing careers, raised three beautiful children, and have been married almost for 30 years, all while still living a faith-based life. It's so incredible. <laughs> and he said, and, and she said, um, that's where the time went and, and that you should continue to go out and do amazing things. And I realize that your family is truly support for you. So do you have anything you want to say to them on air? Well, you know, and by the way, speaking of transitions, you know, that is in, in the book, I talk about the guides. 
yeah. you know, the people that guide you through the transitions, it's critical. That's part of the, the scheme. And Jane, my wife, um, uh, I can get choked up thinking about her because she <laughs> has done so much uh, for me. But when it came to this transition, she was, she was the person that helped me see you know that's and I will say getting back a little bit just to the to the roadmap that what happens d depending on obviously everything depends on everything but the the idea is that sometimes you just lose your mind you lose your way and you 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 lose your your perception is off and that's what the guide that's what Jane did for me she she would remind me from time to time Kevin this is where you were going you were going that way this was your vision okay so let's keep stepping in that direction. And I talk about a little story, a dream that I had in there. That is so important. It doesn't have to be a spouse. But it has to be a friend. It could be a pastor. It could be whoever. But by the way, they just have to be a fairly well-grounded person that can help you see and feel in front of you and to help you correct your mindset. So, and speaking of transitions, yes, my, uh, my oldest daughter, Christina, she is in Poland right now. Hey, Christina. Uh, she's studying in Poland. She's studying international relations and organizational communications. Wow. And she has witnessed a great transition. She'll be back in July. So she gets to re-enter this country and this culture. And it'll be quite interesting. And then my youngest daughter, Alexandra, she's 18. She just graduated last week. So she's about to make her transition into wow. college. And I have a son from a previous marriage, Kevin Mendoza, who has also experienced a lot of transitions. And... Uh, but he's he's walked through the gap quite nicely. Wow. Well, to be able to have that support and, and, and luckily yes. they have the support of you and your wife and, and to have that support there is so important. And you briefly just touched on it that you should reach out and find somebody mm -hmm. that is so important. And, and through my transition in my life, when I was going through that transition, uh, I had my family there and I was so lucky to have my father and, and my mother and my sister mm -hmm. to all be there and support me. But when I was in school and I was struggling and, and I still needed someone to, to be able to make me feel safe and make me feel comfortable so I reached out to the counselor of the school and she was my second mom and truly took me in and under her wing and, and was just there to help get me through these times and and I've said this before but I just go into her office and have lunch with her and we wouldn't talk about the depression or the sadness or it would just be like oh what boys do you have crushes on what you? <laughs> and it just just random talk to help get me through my life and get me through that transition and I thank her so much for that and everything that she did but how do we find that person because it is difficult Kevin, when we reach out and we're looking for somebody, reaching out, and we're not getting back exactly what we want. So how do we find that person and, and target that person to be in our lives and be that mentor for us? Well, maybe two two things that I think about. One, if you are aware of the fact that you're going into the transition, maybe seek them out first because your mind is a little bit you know, more settled and you can think a little bit better about who it is that can just help you through the transition. And so of you're course, saying like before, like if say if you're moving to a different country, correct. be aware of that. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and I might say though, Cassie, that you really nailed it a moment ago, and and that is just understanding that the gap exists. That you have the old world that you're leaving. You have a new, and that's the old world, of course, is whatever world you're ex existing or just left. And then you have the new world that, in some cases, is undefined. You don't really, even though you may know you're moving to. Czechoslovakia, or I shouldn't check Czech Republic or Germany or somewhere else. You you know that's happening, but you don't know no, what it's going to yeah. look like, what it's actually going to be like. And so, and then you understand that there's that transition between the two, and that transition is difficult. It for some it's easy, for some it's not. 
But to just have that awareness helps because you can always remind yourself, which, by the way, is what a good guide would do, is that what you're experiencing is just normal. You know, it's normal to be disoriented. It's normal to feel frustrated, anxiety, and, and this ambiguous place, you know. And so the guide then, so if you know that you're going into that, it's best to reach out. Even, let's say, if it's another country, you try to get a hold of somebody who can kind of just walk you through. You know, if you are immersed into this place, then you have to look in different places. And I guess my big warning is just don't, one, although I was lucky that Jane really had her head about her in our transition, typically I would not say to, you know, have a guide who's going through the same thing because you just, you know, it's good in, in, on the one hand that two people are going through the same thing, so I get that. Right. But still, if the person that's your guide is worse off than you, it's, you know, that yeah. can be challenging right. as well. Right. So you just start to look in maybe some of the places, and again, you're looking for somebody who is, who's got a good head on their soldier, shoulders, who's, you know, who, who, who can just talk to you like, like your counselor. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be a person that knows about change and transition. Right. It's just somebody to help you manage your thinking, to manage what I call your mind's culture, your perceptions, your expectations, your attitude, and somebody just that you can just trust and go to and say, Here's what I'm feeling right now. Here's what I'm thinking or here's what I'm stressing out about. Yeah. What do you think? And they can just help you sort it out. You know, Jane, her, the incredibleness of what Jane did is really her presence and her ability. And, and we were married for, you know, 20 years by at this point. So she knew me. But it was really her calm presence that would say, you know, you know, I understand you're really stressed and anxious right now, Kevin, but I'm telling you, you see, so like if, if I'm anxious about whatever it was, and then I start thinking about money, I think the world's coming down. And she right. would just say, Kevin, things are cool. It's not, you know, you're just anxious. And that did so much for me because it just said, breathe and, you know. Put you back in your place. Yeah. It made you, know, you check in a little that's bit. That's right. So you just have to look and you have to not be afraid to ask people to help you to be your guide to be your mentor to be your confidant you know wow mm. so is the gap so the gap is really because we have the new world which is we don't know we don't know what not entirely at least not entirely and we have the old world and we have the gap in between which is the transition correct so when once we get to this new world potentially everything could be great everything could go 10 times better in your life or sadly it can be the other way exactly where things don't always go the right way where things may be worse where things might not be better so how do we turn around and, and look at that old life and i know before you were talking uh before the show you're talking well potentially maybe someone lost their child yes maybe uh, someone's having to make the transition into a different country, a different place. Yes. Maybe someone has lost their job and they're trying to find a new one and maybe it's 10 times better. Maybe they're leaving a place where they loved everyone and now they're not liking people now. Yes. So how do we not hold on to that old life and really embrace the new life? Well, uh, it's a really, really good question and a very, very important question. <laughs> right. Well, there's a couple of things. When it comes to grieving, though, the loss of a loved one, and I even say this in my book, I separate them from everything else. 
because you cannot determine how long it's going to take a person to, I mean, honestly, I just can't imagine losing a child. I can't. I, and I don't know how long it would take to get over something like that. I do know that at some point, I think as I expressed before, that there are, I've seen scenes or documentaries or after whatever, where a mother, you know, left their child's room intact, even though they may have passed away a year ago. They didn't change a thing, and every day they go in and look at it. Well, this is, of course, a sign of a person who has not really, really gotten into the transition. They're still standing. If you look at you know, the old world and the new world, you know, they're still facing the old world. They're still looking at it. They're still looking at pictures. They're constantly reminded over the world, over the new world. And I don't, you know, who determines when they start to turn around and, and move into the gap towards the new world? There is a point, of course, and we, we all uh, would imagine that if, if a mother or father's lost a child, that there's some point where you have to say it's time to move on. So I understand that. But it's hard to know when to actually say that. So the point is, is that in, in, it's different for everybody. So in some, they just don't want to let go of the old world. They don't want to face it and go to a new world without their child. There's others who turn around very slowly and begin to face it. And I would say the vast majority of do this in all transitions, is that we, we're, we're facing the old world and we just intellectually, emotionally know that we gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta know what to let go of, what to keep. And then the other big thing, Cassie, that I wanna say that is important to your point, and that is that when you're in the gap, you have to realize that either you shape the future or it's gonna shape you. Mm. Something's gonna happen by default. You, you've heard of the idea where a, a people divorce and then they have these rebound marriages or relationships. These are people fleeing from the gap. And they end up marrying the old crazy sap, you know, just like the one they just left and hated for the last 20 years. Yeah. Why? Because it's more comfortable there than being alone. I mean, you even look at research about the USSR and Russia. I remember reading research 10 years after the, the fall of the, of the USSR, and something like 65% of the people wanted to go back to communism because they did not understand how to be free people. Is that crazy? Well, that tells you about the transition piece. And so the idea is that at some point in that transition, you have to start to imagine and think about what is my new world going to be without the child, without that old job, a new job? What is it going to be? So if you don't shape it, it's gonna, something's going to shape it. And it's probably external forces, you see. Whereas you begin to shape it and say, wow, it can be better than what it used to be. Now you're starting to make some progress. Wow. And having to make that progress and mm. make that step forward is is so it's so hard, but I think it's really rewarding as you take steps forward and then look back on your journey and say, "Wow, this is how far I've made it this far in my life." And and being able to reflect on that journey and and sometimes looking back is a good thing to be able to Absolutely. see where you where you've been and how how you got to where you are today. And I think that's so beautiful and, and so important that we do that as well. We do have to take a break. When we return, I really want to truly get into in depth about how we personally develop ourselves. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kevin McNulty. To make your future unfold and put aside what's killing your growth, you know what's best for you, so let's go. Holla back if you 
really feel me Holla back now if you were with me No time to waste, the clock is ticking Enough wishing, the world's out of commission <laughs> Ain't no superstition No need to make your own prediction Your destiny is in your possession How bad you want it is the question Have you ever been mad at your kids? I mean, really mad? Put yourself in time out. Or have you ever suspected child abuse and neglect of a child you've seen? Call the Colorado Child Abuse Hotline today. That's 1-844-CO-4-KIDS or 1-844-264-5437. That's 1-844-264-5437. The kids can't wait. Call today. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Harry Singer from London. How do we change our worst days into our best days, Harry? I have a model, but with the short space, here's what I would say. The first step is to connect with why have you labeled it as worst day? Can you remember it's your worst day or worst days? You gave it that label. Find out the meanings that you've associated to that worst day. Then the next thing is this, is to get to a place where realizing that we tend to link all the terrible things in our life to that worst day right? and all of our challenges because of that worst day. But when you can take the gift and when you can get to a point where you realize that there is greatness in your life and that greatness would not be there had your past experiences not happened. That's the whole you. And when you've got that, then you can be at a stage where you can turn around and say, you know what, I can forgive myself and everything that happened didn't happen in vain because now I can get to choose how I want to move forward. So if you want to turn your worst days into your best days, realize that, you know what, there is greatness in there. There's a gift in there. You can choose. And when you can take that and give it to others and help others, then you'll be grateful for it. If you want to connect with me further, come and check in on harrysinger.com or harrysingerfoundation.com. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Elaine Reamer with Act on Drugs. Being a teen in today's society, we have more pressure today than teens have ever had in the past. I remember sitting in math when the teacher walked out of the room and the kid in front of me in class offered me a blunt. You know, marijuana is a very popular drug in schools today. In fact, Colorado is 56% higher than the national average with teen marijuana use ages 12 to 17-year-olds. Lynn, what are some of the signs that parents can look for in their kids that they have been using drugs? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is just take a good look at your kid and pay attention to your senses. What do you see? Are their eyes dilated or constricted? Are they grinding their teeth? Are they sweating? Pay attention to what you smell. Do you smell alcohol, marijuana, chemicals, or do you smell vomit? And pay attention to what you hear. Are they slurring their words? Are they speaking fast, slow? Are they taking a while to answer? Are they following your conversation? If you just pay attention, you can put it all together. And parents, don't ever be afraid to have that conversation. Parents who have that conversation with their kids are less likely to do drugs. And if you're struggling with anything, don't ever Never be afraid to ask. Always step up and ask for help. No matter how hard it is, help is available. For resources and more information, visit my website at actondrugs.org.
Welcome back, everyone. I am joined in studio with Kevin McNulty. We have been talking to him about uh, development, personal development, and really discovering yourself, especially through the transitions in your life that we all face on a daily basis. We all face transitions. And if you talk to anybody and ask them, we, we all have things in our life. Like right now, I just graduated high school and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. We're all going through transitions personally. Uh, in the public, we're, all, we're always going through transitions. But sadly, transitions can also be a very difficult time and not such a, a great thing at some point. So to be able to understand how to cope with that it's truly amazing and it's been so great talking to you kevin and, and welcome back thanks so much for being here may i just chuckle at listening to you say i just don't know what i'm gonna do with my life <laughs> girl i think you got something going on here already you know <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you but it is it's leaving that comfort zone of yeah. here i am in high school and here i am thinking oh man now what now i left that yeah. little comfort zone that i was comfortable in just like you were talking about uh, people who left communism to freedom and now they're yeah. like well wait we want to go back because that's where their comfort that's zone where the was comfort zone is, so yeah. i think truly having to go through this and, and develop this is so incredible and here's your book in front of me it's the gap between two worlds turning difficult life transitions into personal growth experiences and those experiences truly shape who we are but again as we're going through this it's very difficult to to discover that so it's really important for us some people, like we were saying, know that they're going to be going through transitions, such as moving, such as uh, maybe someone in your family is getting old and you, th mm -hmm. you know, that maybe it's time for them to go. Yes. We can kind of face those head on and, and the cope and coping with the, the loss is a little bit more different that because you know that it was going to happen yes. versus not knowing anything and having something out of the blue, like losing a child, like yes. having to lose your job, like all, all these different transitions that we're going through. So to be able to personally be able to deal with that is so important and to face it before we even have to go through it and identify it before we have to go through it. So that way when we face it, we can be a little bit more familiar with it. That's right. So you work a lot on personal development. Yes. How do we personally prepare ourselves for the transitions that we have to go through in our life? Well, wow. <laughs> Could you ask easier questions? <laughs> Hey, we don't play around on here. Yeah, mercy on me. Well, you know, and, and I, I actually do hesitate when I hear questions like that because these sorts of things, when it comes to personal development, spiritual development, change, transition, all these things, they are so unique for every right. person. And, and that's, th th that's the, you know, the gist of it all. For me, though, it starts everything, you know, starts with self-awareness. You know, just, you know, just understanding, for instance, that, you know, there are going to be perhaps lots of changes and transition. So you know that's going to happen. And to simply ask yourself, if I were to have a major life transition today, you know, am I ready for it? You know, can I just cope basically with, with being thrusted into the transition? And I want to add to the piece that you were talking about there, if, again, your listeners can envision 
if they put their left hand up and that's the old world and they put their right hand up and that's the new world and then there's the gap in between those two things if you go directly to the middle just for the sake of visualizing this this is what I call the foggy, foggy zone so let's just call it a really dense fog and of course the deeper the more difficult to transition the denser the fog is but now going from either side from the middle to the old world or to the new world the fog subsides you see so as you're moving into the fog depending on the transition it's just a little blurry hmm. but you can't see the other side because that dense fog is still there and the more you move into the transition the darker it gets but then as you start to move out of the gap then the then it starts to subside again the fog I guess you could say starts to lift and you begin to see the new world and then the old world becomes dimmer do you see what I'm saying yeah so to have this understanding that is, is you need it yeah you need it when you what you just said that if you know you're going into a transition the fog is lighter as you go into it Wow! if you have this sudden transition somebody walks up to you and you've been married to him for 30 years and they say I'm leaving you're immediately thrusted into the dark fog do you see the difference but being able to identify the fog yes. is what makes the difference yes, and exactly. I think we all truly need to do that and, and know that once you're going through this be able to identify yes. it and familiarize with yourself with it so that way when you hit it head-on you can go but let's it. call it even the wilderness right. the wilderness where you begin to ask your yourself questions where am I going in life what could I change you know what what are the opportunities in front of me and this is the piece that you have to think about ahead of time if you can yeah. is understanding that you can take that major life transition and turn it into something incredible because the transition is a gift and this is the point of the book it's a gift where and I think I'd mentioned earlier that on the one hand I was asking God why have you done this to me when I realized the real questions shouldn't be that. The real questions should be more forward thinking. I don't want to say positive or more, more proactive, more, wow, what, you know, what can I learn inside this deep, dark place? I mean, you don't ask questions of your life if right. things are going good, right? Right. Who, who, true. You don't. I mean, not very true. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's when it becomes difficult. When That's when all things. of a sudden you're going, Wow. You, and you start to reflect back on right. your old life and you think, you know what, I really needed to leave that. But you don't see it right. then. Right. So that notion of trying to become more self-aware and recognizing that very quickly that I use this what we call a see-do-get model in just about everything that I do because to me it's the foundation to human dynamics. And it works simply like this that everything that you do in life flows out of what you see, what you believe and see, your thoughts and beliefs, and all the results that you get in life flow out of what you do. So then the logic becomes that every, all the results you get in life flow out of what you see. Hmm. So, the, the, so this is where it's even biblical. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. You see what I'm saying? You are what you think about and you will do what you think about. This is why transition becomes so difficult because people get thrusted into a transition, their emotions go up, the anxieties go up, and you stop thinking. Well, what I say is you have the steering wheel of your own life. And what you look out of the dashboard and what you look out, out of the windshield is what you're going to steer to. If you're looking off over here, you're going to steer over there. And that's truly <laughs> what it is. Kevin, thank you so much for being on my show today. I am so impressed with you and everything that you are and everything who you are. I'm so impressed with you. And your website is kevinmcnultyspeaks.com.
Yes. Correct. Awesome. Thank Cassie, you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. I have Jacob Salem calling in, and we did a amazing thing with uh, Phil Taylor, and it's called the 17 Biblical Principles of Success. And we talked about prayer and meditation, us three on that, on that, and and here we are as a trio again, wow. all on the show together. Jacob Salem, you have about a minute. Would you mind praying us out? My pleasure. Father God, we just thank you so much for the transitions you send us into, Lord, because ultimately you, you already know what we're walking into. And, and as a man plans in his heart, you, you know, we, we can plan in our heart, but you're going to direct our steps, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would be with all of those listeners right now that are, that are coming on and hearing this, Lord, that you would be with them, that you continue to guide their steps, reminding them that if we will seek first your kingdom and righteousness, that all things needed will be given. Lord, we thank you so much for Cassandra and all she's doing, and for Kevin to come on and, and share his wisdom, Lord, today, that, that you would be able to take those who have listened and empower them and equip them to be, do, and have more than they ever thought possible, Lord. As, as we transition in life, every day is a transition. From the moment we step up, we are transitioning to something else. There are those that are getting hit with the 30 years, and then I'm gone, right? You've been married for 30 years, and now they're gone. For those that are going through work transitions or life transitions or choosing a college, Lord, big and small, I pray that you would be with them. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, Jacob Salem. Thank you so much. Always thank you so much. And a huge thank you to Kevin for being on my show. And as always, my wonderful Jorge for running my show amazing. Guys, remember, no matter what you're going through, love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook.